Three, two, one, and we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Two Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show in the world. Brought to you by Caffeine Gum Australia. If you don't chew caffeine gum, then fuck you. How are you, Jake Gillespie? Good. I'm strong and I'm fucking full of caffeine gum, as everyone should am, be. Oh, as everyone should be. I'm all jacked up. Went to jujitsu this morning. Um, double, double drop this morning. I was a little bit tired. And, uh, <laughs> double drop. Doing some wrestling with all these people that could kill me, and I've done. I've thrown my back out. So obviously not caffeine gum's fault. More probably due to the alcohol abuse and poor diet and lifestyle no, choices. It's funny you said throw your back. I'd never thrown my back out during my playing career, and then this year all of a sudden three times. I've never really known what it is to throw your back out, but I've just sort of reached for something, and then I'm a cripple. You see, um, during so- my footy career, I would regularly throw my back out as soon as I stopped packing scrums. Oh, I don't have any back problems at all. What a fucking shock there. And uh, so this is probably the first time since I stopped playing that I've had back issues. And I've forgotten how shit they are. But yeah, they, 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 they suck. As everyone says to me, no one gives a fuck. Jed. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in your world? Everything good? Uh, yeah, mate. I'm Jimmy. I am Jimmy Barnes. I'm a working class man um, who... Uh, I'm punching the ticket, mate, to to pave my way in rugby. That's it. Well, that's good. Look, um, just a short side note. My high school girlfriend's dad actually was Jimmy Barnes' roadie when they were coming up in Sydney. So they'd, they'd already made it. So he's like a full-time roadie. And he actually yeah. he actually lived with him for a little bit. And apparently okay. he was a com- complete maniac. So they'd, they used to have someone that would watch him because he'd frequently go on benders and not turn up to shows. So they'd have to have someone tracking him just to make sure he turned up. And, you know, by all accounts, a legend, but a complete maniac. If only you were 30 years old, right? Can <laughs> <laughs> you, you play the drums? Well, ex- exactly. I can play the drums a little bit. I'm more of a harmonica guy. But anyway, let's rip into it. What, what uh, exciting stuff have you got for us today? There's a little bit going on in the world. Yeah, I mean, should we probably touch on the internationals first. Um, there, there's some there's some crazy stuff going on in the world of rugby. Um, one in particular that I think would have flown under the radar here, but um, obviously big weekend. I picked it like a dirty nose that we'd lose to England. I'm sorry, but comfortably lose to England. Um, yeah, it just is what it is. Um, I, I'll I'll let you. Uh, you're more of a patriot, so I'll let you cover that more. But I. I uh, Obviously got massive problems. I stayed up very, very late. Watched Africa Springboks, which was a pretty good game. Um, the box are back, you know, in a way. They're sort of playing football. And then I watched Ireland New Zealand Live, which was one of the better games of football I've seen in a long time. Okay. I haven't actually watched any rugby at all this weekend. I spent all weekend at a coaching course, as you're aware. So all day I was watching super rugby. So when it came to the night time, I just had to sleep because my brain was cooked. Yeah, so and we it, should probably review your weekend then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Well, what would you I mean, like, I, what would you well, like I, to know? I, what? I'll chip in. I'll chip in and I'll say that New Zealand Island was the best game I've seen in years. It was. I was planning on going to bed at halftime. I'm going to crazy. watch that. I'm going to watch that tonight. Ireland seemed to have the better of the All Blacks, which I I got up in the morning. I'm on a few New Zealand rugby chat groups on Facebook and seeing all the excuses 
and the ref blaming and the fire fozzies and you know are there worse fans in world sport than new zealand rugby fans well not not in this podcast opinion there isn't um it was i actually thought the island got island got away with murder a little bit that ref did a good job and he got fucking hammered by the players he was getting johnny sexton was going at him dane cause was calling people the c word which i normally say yeah he was dropping C bombs in the in the mic. Like honestly, he was under he's under it all game. Um, New Zealand's goal line D was phenomenal. They made two hundred and thirty five tackles, missed seven or eight or nine or some shit. It was it was immense. Um, but basically, they just didn't manage to uh, have any sort of good possession or get themselves out of their zone. So Ireland's attack was really good. Um, they just kept hammering away. So it was it was a great game. It was a very good game. Is it panic stations for the All Blacks? Like all the All Black supporters are saying, would you fire Ian Foster? Bring Razor Robinson in. You know that seems to be the general consensus when they lose a game. Is the fire fuzzy crowd comes out again? No, you, no, 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 no. Well, you know, just like honestly, they they are. Still a team that they chop and change their fucking core players a bit, which if it was happening with the Wallabies, which it has now, like we've we were fine and now we we stink a bit. Um, like they change fucking Bowden and Richie every week. They change their centers up, you know. They they regularly swap key players, so no, I wouldn't. I'd I'd relax and you know bounce back harder. I agree. I feel like you can lose a game every now and again and still be the best rugby team in history. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls used to drop a game in that sort of vintage era. You don't go fucking 86 and 0 every season. Like, can I, can I just preface this by saying I'm a big fan of New Zealand? You and I have had an epic time there. Um, I, I have a lot of New Zealand friends and I love the, the country and I love the people. But I feel like they get so wrapped up in the All Blacks because they've got very little to be happy about and to look forward to over there. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's a fair statement. They lose the 2020 Tommy. World Cup cricket to the world number seventh ranked team. Yeah, um, unreal. you, you got to hate- remember, Lord of the Rings is over. The Hobbit, over. What's, I mean, what's next? Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, how, how long can you hold on to like 15 years you know, it was 15 years ago or something. Now, unbelievable series. I still watch it regularly. Uh, every year on my birthday, back to back to back to back to back. Hobbits, in, Lord of the Rings. No, which one came first? Hobbit. Hobbit, Hobbit yeah. into Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, and um, you know what I did last week to change the subject completely? Is yeah, I watched the good. whole Harry Potter series. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. <laughs> unreal. The thing about Absolutely Emma unreal. Watson is she was age appropriately hot for me. So we're the same age. So I could really just ride that series through, not being creepy, because I, I was that fucking age. So don't come at me with that shit. I was twelve. I could as really well. see that happening. I could really see that happening in real life. Yeah, in real life, I could see yeah. that happening. I know they Emma's that, a big fan of the show. I, I, I well, hear, they, but they say but that, sorry, the, yeah. <laughs> no, you go. I was, yeah. I was about to bring us back on track and put more shit on New Zealand. Yeah, no, no, but you go. You no, go. No, no. Come back on track. Come back on track. Okay. But I guess the point of my story is is that whenever something even goes totally not perfect for the All Blacks, all the Kiwis just kick off and and there's almost hell to pay. And I think I reckon being an All Blacks coach would be incredibly high pressure 
You are yeah. the most successful sporting team in the world. I, I, there might be some others. I, I'm not a stats guy. Um, mm. If you're not, you're certainly top 10. And, you know, the pressure that they get just must be immense. You lost the game against Ireland. Ireland played very well. Let's You bounce back. All black supporters yeah. who often listen to this show. You need to get over it and just charge up the next week. Learn some lessons. The fact you couldn't exit from your own zone. Uh, set piece maybe fell apart a little bit line at time you know mix it up make some changes and then continue being the world's number one team that's pretty you know like you can't you, you can't be sucking your coach every time you lose I mean lord knows the Wallabies have 400 of them hey well look the Wallabies I, I is it a great surprise that they lost uh, to me no I would, I would have liked them to have won but considering the people that were not playing uh, you've you've got the all the world class players that we have. We're not playing in that game, apart yeah, from hoops. I, I'd say there hoops. was yeah. There's some yeah. There was a few. There's a few guys who are very very good footballers that you know are there. And like Nick White had a massive game, um, which doesn't really surprise me. Um, and they've still got their second rowers who are good footballers. But you can't just you can't lose both your tight ends. I mean, I, don't, I, I it sounds like we're just fucking constantly talking about propping. But you cannot lose both your tight ends. If New Zealand lost both their tight ends, or let's say England lose Sinclair and fucking whoever their reserve is, they're, they're in big fucking trouble. So it, if it, it can happen to anyone, and it did, and our team's in, in pieces. That's it. I was having this chat with a Kiwi coach the other day who didn't rate Tanya Tupo. Um, I don't know who this is. Uh, I don't know what you do for a living, sir, but... That is so fucking stupid. Um, I think if you surveyed international props or super rugby props or any props, like if you want to do that, or you know what, coaches, whatever the fuck you want, he's a, a very very good scrummager tight end, very very good, near elite. He said he said he did, he said that he didn't rate him around the field either. But I mean, like that's what he's that's what he's that was what he's known for. I mean, how many, flick, how, many, how many tries do you have to set up? How many line breaks do you well, have to He's fucking, he's the most, he'd be the most explosive person like on the planet. Anyway, I'm not going to name this guy because it infuriated me when he said it. That's right. But he, he doesn't rate, be, he's got to go to a doctor. He doesn't rate Ty Furlong. Oh, he should be, you know, worse, I'd say. He should not just go to a doctor, it should be much worse. But, um, you know, we, we probably won't say that kind of stuff. Doesn't rate Ty Furlong. The South Africans are only good because they're heavy. Uh, so who do you rate? Oh, the All Blacks are pretty good. Yeah, I mean the All Blacks are pretty good, but I, I, I'm don't rate Ty you. Furlong. Oh fuck me! Like if I'm telling you tomorrow, if the All Blacks could draft in Taniella Tupo, they fucking would. I reckon they draft in Ty Furlong too. They would. They, in all honesty, they probably have both of them, and Nepo would be their third. There, there it is. So uh, go catch a bus, whoever that was. Go and get on a bus yeah. and just catch it. Just catch it. Catch it around town. This, this is why I talk to you because you validate my, my opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, that one's fucking. It's that one shouldn't be very controversial. Well, you know, like, have you ever had a conversation with someone and the first time you met them, you you put a mark straight through their name before they've even talked to you for five minutes? I that mean, was this situation. Yeah. Everything else you say is invalid from to me from now on. Well, it's. Yeah, I mean, there's a fair bit of 
there's a fair bit of fixing up that needs to go on there before we can do anything else. <laughs> like, <laughs> a written apology anyway, would have would have written an well, apology. Do it. I, I don't know if an apology is strong enough. You know, maybe some kind of punishment, corporal punishment, public lashing. I, 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 you know, we've we've talked briefly about this, um, and I won't go into specifics, but the the <laughs> the people that the people that talk the most shit generally don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you've got to... Generally, feel, even yeah. though you and I are doing it now, you and I are doing it now, so I know I'm contradicting myself because I'm talking mad shit. But generally speaking, the people that talk the most shit don't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, they, they just got to fill the air. It's just filling the air. It's Delusional confidence. It's just words and like... You know what? It's good for them though, because if that, like, if they, if it's not fake confidence, real confidence, then at least the things they do, they'll be content with. But certainly from a playing perspective, again, this is just getting into what I spoke about last week. They're the coaches that I sort of didn't like as much because I was just like, that went for three minutes, but nothing happened. You didn't say anything. I'm now I'm fucking on a train to Everest, or like what, or I'm fucking. You know, I'm fighting Bruce Lee. I don't know what the fuck that metaphor was. Like, tell me something I can do. Which brings me on to our next point, because we were yeah. discussing this today. And it will only be short, I promise, if you're listening and you're not a prop. Bear crawls are gone. I'm not bear crawling. No one around me is bear crawling. Bears don't play rugby. One, I've never seen a bear. You're yourself, you're a wandering bear, but they don't, I'm not using it. And I will have to coach scrum, not have to. I'll enjoy coaching scrum. I'm not doing it because it's nothing like the fucking game. So I'm not doing it. Okay. Let, let's, I think every coach can agree that training needs to be as specific to the game as possible. Would you agree with that? Yeah. In what situation are you crawling on your feet and your hands across the grass with no external resistance on you? No. That they're, they're at scrum time, literally none. It's literally like it would, none. It would be like it's honestly like going, okay, we need, you need to practice your catching. So I'm gonna have you do this drill where you where you're just sitting on a chair. Like it's fucking. I'm not doing it. And the thing that replicates scrummaging the most is fucking scrummaging, which is why good scrummagers have scrummaged a lot. And yeah, I'm using that word a lot, but that's fucking the way it is. No, I, I agree. I feel like, particularly at our level, you've got such limited time during the week. You've got to actually get the biggest bang for your buck. And unless you're even in a professional program, like I, I, I have a very good friend who's a super rugby scrum coach, and uh, <laughs> he would laugh if he saw that sort of stuff. Like yeah, well, everything is everything is useful. Everything is is specific and to a purpose. And they have a little bit more time to do some fluffy stuff. Like some, some strengthening exercises in the gym, yeah. you know, the one-on-one sort of stuff that we don't necessarily have the time to do, but they're, they're full-time. They can't be packing scrums five days a week, even though no. they do some variety of scrummaging every day. It, yeah, um, That is, if you're doing bear crosser training, your coach is a second role. That's the end well, they don't of it because he's, he's fucking learned it from a book. Or a course, they, they, or a video. They don't know what they're doing. They don't. They don't know what they're doing. Basically, I fuck it. Honestly, the amount of time that would burn 
makes me anxious because, like you said, there's so little fucking time. I'd not do quit. Uh, anyway, let's just you don't, push up. You like. don't have enough time at Shoot Shield to give adequate physical preparation. Really, for scrum-wise, you, you're not given enough time by your coaches. I mean, by no. the time we come back before games, there might be eight, eight weeks, ten weeks maybe. Mm. Uh, so you're trying to jam a significant amount of work into one session a week. You, you ain't doing bear crawls, son. You ain't doing bear crawls. I've, I've and look, I've seen a lot of games. I'm yet to see a bear play rugby. Nor does a bear crawl like that. Actually, they're a lot more loose in the hips. So, fuck you. I'm not doing that now. Um, I think it seems like I'm actually running the program today because um, I've got a few it's good, very it's interesting good, things. First thing, I suppose, is more of a comedic one. I did drink poison at work on Friday. Um, <laughs> like I, there was a water bottle with water in it, and then there's a water bottle with wood polish in it, and I drank the wood polish. Um, did you get a buzz out of a buzz from it or anything? I got a fucking buzz in my mouth as it just burned the fuck. I ate salad all weekend because I couldn't taste the thing. Couldn't taste the thing, baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm trimming up. So I'd let what is like you were you were on site or not on site, you were working for a little while. Did you have any major fuck ups when you're in the industry? I'm a very careful person. I don't like hurting myself at any workplace because I just feel like I don't want to be here already. Imagine getting hurt or fucking anything wrong happening at the shithole. That's how I looked. That's how I looked at it. Like I you know, I've seen some shit. I've seen people dropping fucking sandstone blocks on feet. And, mm. But, like, mate, I wouldn't even go up on a fucking ladder. I'm not, I am not hurting myself for 25, 30, 40, whatever dollars an hour. There's no way in fuck. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, just for the record, if anyone's out there, I'm happy to hurt myself for anything over 30. Um, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I did. Um, and it really, really, really hurt. Um, but I was about the twelfth person who'd done it, so that made me feel a lot better. Um, so, why, if if you're the twelfth person, why didn't they come up with some kind of system to stop that happening? Do you um, like the alliteration system to stop. Yeah, system to stop. I feel like I'm in year ten English. Jed, get out. <laughs> um, I don't know. We just ran ran out of spray bottles, and uh, you know that's the way it is. That's mate. Sometimes life comes at you fast, and this time it came out of me uh, in the form of poison to my fucking mouth. Well, you know what, mate? I needed some good news today, so thank you for sharing. Well, I've got more. Actually, I've got more good news later. But I actually, I was reading, um, and it hasn't made the headlines here. I didn't think there's a class action being fought against World Rugby. Yes, it did make the headlines here. It did, it make, did the make the headlines. So, yeah, the Carl Heyman article. Carl Heyman, Carl no, Heyman he's Michael, part of Lip- he- Michael yeah, Whitman, he's- and Stephen Thompson, I believe, is sort of the more key guy. They're the more well-known guys. There was an article that came out about Carl Heyman maybe last week, early last week, about the fact that he's got dementia and he's only in his forties. Um, yeah. What do you make of What do you make of it all? Oh, it's fucking. It's pretty sad, man. Um, like, I don't like seeing. I mean, we're both fight fans as well, and like that earlier generation. There's just the odd guy who's just not the same. Um, I haven't seen Carl Heyman, you know, much since he sort of retired. But from what I was reading, you know, he's had some problems with sort of almost like manic, like behavior, depression, like um, that sort of stuff, pain. I've got, I don't know whether suing World Rugby is the right answer. And I think that if for him, for them, 
he probably needs money. Like he's committed the first 30 years of his life to something. But I think where it'll fall apart is that there's, you know, this, I suppose there's an element called, there's an assumption of risk, um, whether it's stated explicitly or not. And the fact is that everyone knows when you step on the field, you can break stuff and you can hurt stuff. And even if you don't try, and even if no one hits you illegally, you can get a concussion, man. You can get kicked in the head. You can hit the ground. So I, um, I don't really like World Rugby being sued. Uh, I don't think that's the right thing. And I also think that the only way that that's going to come back to us and the guys playing now is with more buck laws and making changing the mm. game even more. So I don't... I think it's it's something that you could definitely see coming because the fuck the NFL guys did it. Yeah. They so they sued the NFL for having rules that they all played under. And now they complain about the fact that they're gone. So I don't know. I, it's it's to be honest, it's it's really sad to see that the guys are impacted. Like really fucking sad. Kyle Heyman was the the man and now he's one of the like, greats. Yeah, now he's got all these problems and that it's fucking awful. So for me that was like in some ways made me feel better about retiring younger not like me and Carl was similar but and not having as many head knocks as, as some guys have um, but I don't think that that's the right thing to be doing yeah it's a hard one isn't it I, I had a couple of concussions last year and one of them really fucked me like really really rattled me you know I was driving down the M5 one day and there was two trucks going past me so I was in the middle lane yeah and I and I felt like they were going backwards so I was like yeah. really spinning out. It took me, took me a solid sort of six to eight weeks to, to get back. You know, um, my dad had a stroke during his career from a head knock, even though he didn't know it at the time. Um, my brother Locks had a lot of concussions and anyone that's seen his Instagram would, would see the effects of, you know, what a lot of head knocks can do to a person. Yeah, both <laughs> physically and mentally. Like literally an insane person, but, you know, highly entertaining, so. Maybe not a good example, but um, Chubby, I had similar. I had similar stuff. Like I, I, ne- I never really gave much thought, and particularly coming out of sort of schoolboys and that stuff, I was a grass cutter. I loved to tafu, so I would be grass cutting people nonstop. Um, yeah. And then I, in Melbourne, I, I you know, and you occasionally get a, you, you know, a, a, a knockout, and it's okay. You know, you you leave your your shitty that day. You're right. In Melbourne, I had sort of two on the run. Um. And after the second one, I was a fucking zombie. I was I was useless, and like I didn't know I didn't know what was going on. Like I would just sort of turn up to training, sort of just sit there, look at walls and stuff. And the staff were like, "Mate, you're you, you're actually not well here. Like you're going to have to do a really long return to play." Um, and that was sort of the first time where I went, "Fuck, this is that wasn't fun." You know, that, that's I'm I'm gonna and I I had to change how I tackle. Um, I, but I, I agree. I agree. I made, I made, I, I agree. I, I, you know, we've all seen guys who have probably played on when they shouldn't have. Um, and particularly as someone who's on the other side of the fence now, I see young blokes who have had a head knock who are rushing to get back and who may, you know, because it's hard to, it's hard. Like the concussion test is, you know, most of our guys would fucking fail the concussion test, even if they didn't have any problems. <laughs> so, you know, I, I certainly, I certainly would. Um, so they're rushing back to play and I'd always say to the guys just take a little bit of extra time with your head it's it's too important it's too important and I'd rather have you there at the end of the season than have you there now um, yeah. oh, I man. guess but but I used, I never used to think like that 
And then no. particularly this, particularly my last year, I started off the year quite well. And then after the concussion, I ended up in third grade and then I had another concussion. I'm going, what are you doing? You know, yeah, look, I, I'm, with, I'm with you, man. I, I, I see guys more important, like overall with injuries as well, the younger guys there, they get yeah. their brace, they get their brace off and they're fucking tackling the next day. And I go, look, man, I've actually done this before. And one of the times I was fine, one of the times I broke my hand. So like today always seems like the most important day until eight weeks from now. No one can fucking remember the day you missed. Um, That's but right. in terms of head knocks, like I, I even like 2020 was great. I, you know, I've got a chance to sort of retire, have a full season. Um, but if I'd got a head knock, I was, I was out, I was pulling it because, um, like, you know, there's, I've got enough fucking problems with my brain without, without rattling the thing up. Um, and it's like, I, you know, a good mate of mine played a lot of first grade Ben shorter for Eastwood. He was very good winger. He got knocked out at Souths. Um, in 2016, yeah, it was really bad, yeah. really, really scary, and he'd had a history of it, and that that was him. So he that you know, and it seemed like, damn, like I, you know, when you're younger, like damn, I wish you would have come back. Like I fucking love playing with him, but in hindsight, I'm like, that's I'm nah. so glad he didn't, man. He's a smart dude. There's and, very few of us will ever make enough money from rugby for it to ever be <laughs> worthwhile. Uh, you and I particularly not. You, you're obviously a lot smarter than me, but I need whatever brain power that I have uh, and I, I need it. So it, it just wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah, and that's, I suppose that's where my cross-section hits and it's that few of us will make enough money, but those guys did. Um, and part, like rugby, rugby you're paid for because it's a skill, but it's also risky. It's like fucking diving for abalone or fucking coal mining. You get paid more because... Not everyone wants to jam each other's heads together. So yeah. I think that's factored into the way people are paid and the way that the market is and the way that the sport exists, unfortunately. And I, so I don't think I'm in favor of that. Yeah, it's, it's, hard to sue, it's hard to sue an organization when the research, when these guys were playing, probably wasn't up to the, the standard it is now. And like, I'm not up to speed on the research now, but I feel like it's probably still in its infancy. Like they're only just starting to understand the effects that playing a collision sport can have on you. And, but they certainly didn't understand that when Carl was in his heyday and guys like that. So it's, no. you know, it's, it seems tough to, to sue an organization that, that wasn't even aware of the science at the time. But, but uh, for, for me as coaches, all we got to do is, is, is make sure that when we're training contact, we're hammering guys' techniques. Because mm. if you're tackling people safely, and you are carrying the ball safely and the most, te- you know, technically correct way, you're less likely to have injuries. You are less likely. So- and and I, if Carly is watching, he's better off suing someone in particular that mishandled a concussion. I, I, strike, I just, you know, like there's been some cases against, a lot of cases actually, like, you know, where a guy was mishandled medically in France and sued the organization for loss of income, stuff like that. I think that's probably more direct suing the whole of the world rugby because, um, you know, you had you had ramifications from your playing. It doesn't seem right to me. So anyway, but it was but just I, an interesting one. Yeah. I, I agree, mate. I agree. There, look, sad topic. Carl, I, I actually, uh, the Brisbane 10s, which I played for two minutes on, and got stepped by Isaiah Parisi against Queensland and Suncorp, shown on the big screen. My whole family was there watching. 
Okay. Oh, why didn't you go back on? He's going, well, I just got stepped in a tens game. That's why I didn't go back on. But I was, I was going into the players lift one day and in the lift was Jamie McIntosh, Carl Heyman, uh, Conrad Smith, and some other fucking monster, and I've gone. Uh... And you know, you, you're you're playing at the same tournament of these guys, so you want to like yeah. be a little bit cool. You want to be a little bit cool. Yeah, but you're really cool. going. That's fucking Carl Heyman. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, as a kid, hell. I grew up loving that. Yeah, I loved him as well, man. So I hope, to be honest, I hope, regardless of whatever happens, that like he he can sort of stabilize himself a bit. But yeah, it was just a funny one, man. I, I it's a it's a strange concept for rugby. I think we need to put as much effort into research, looking after brain health and regenerating brain health, if that is something that is possible. I reckon in our maybe not in our lifetime. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we live long enough to see it. But there'll be the science will catch up eventually, and it'll be a lot safer for people. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, the game's changed significantly from now to what it was sort of twenty years ago when he would have been beginning. Like it really has changed. Um, and I think, like, it, it's frustrating to watch, but maybe it's better for the players in the long run. So I need to keep that Absolutely, in mind. Absolutely, Fucking yelling at people. Criticising referees. Um, I've got a question for you, Chubby. I'm just putting you on the spot today. Go for it. Well, give me some sh- – I want, like, a – it's probably going to be – we'll put you on the spot. I want, like, a – obviously, we talk about coaches a lot because we are coaches slash trying to be coaches slash want to be very good coaches. What's a really strange piece of advice that a coach has given you? Maybe left field, maybe steering into life advice. Like, what's something weird that once have you ever had one where you're like, what was that? Yeah, immediately something jumps to mind. Um, Good. This person's heavily connected with uh, a club in Ride, um, who <laughs> heavily connected. And, um, when I first came to Sydney, I was involved with this person. And oh, playing, playing first grade <laughs> well before I should have been. I definitely wasn't ready to be playing first grade at the time. South was an absolute shambles. Uh, you know, you had a couple of 18-year-olds playing front row in first grade. It was just what, what year was abs- this? What year was this? 2008. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah, go on. I played I played Colts in 2007, 2008. I played grade. Shouldn't have played grade. Um, we would get these little, you know, notes before the games. Like, you know, coaches would give you like three things to focus on. Yeah. And yeah. for this one, for this game, I remember it so clearly. It's like tackle hard, lifting line outs, push in scrums. Mm. Mm. Word. Nice. And I was just I was looking at go, oh shit, thanks. If you overline <laughs> score try. <laughs> you know, oh, so, 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 so that immediately sticks out. I had some very interesting coaches growing up who were very old school and you know, but yeah, that's the only real thing that sticks out for me. No one, you know, I was probably a bit of a dickhead when I was playing. So if people did give me advice, I might not have listened to it. Yeah. Um, you know, got, I feel like I've changed a little bit since then. But what about what about yourself? We got a, we got a very distinct one, and it was. Um, I was going to ask uh, a guest that will be coming on, but he will remember it. Uh, it was the first year of the NRC, which was only, if you recall, for anyone listening, it was sorry, it was a week after Shoot Shield Grand Final. Eastwood and South played each other. Um, then yeah. we went straight. <laughs> we went straight in. We played the next weekend, um, and so. 
basically it was an eight-week tournament, but no one knew whether they were in the team until fucking two weeks before the tournament. So a lot of guys had planned, you know, postseason trips, getaways, you know, yeah. like there was weddings, there was everything you would do postseason that you try and, and the natural enemy of our coach became the girlfriend and the wife. It literally just because like guys were missing stuff, they're like, mate, well, it's been planned for three months. You know, oh, I've got, I'm, go- I'm going away to Hamilton Island like with my girlfriend. And we had a meeting one day. I was 20, 21, 20, 22. And he's like, oh, I've got to address this. Do you know how many fucking women there are out there? Do you know how many women there are in Sydney? <laughs> you don't have to go away with your fucking girlfriend. Take her away after this shit is over. You've got to commit to this stuff. If she breaks up with you, so be it. You've got to commit to this season. And he basically went on a tirade about how we didn't need our girlfriends. Um, and that if they were getting in the way to either break up with them or they would break up with you. And that was the last time I had a girlfriend. Seven Mid-to-day years ago. And so the advice stuck with you. No, it was fucking terrible advice because I <laughs> definitely should have stuck with her. I didn't break up with her because of that. But there was the same period, 2021. <laughs> look at me now. So that coach fucked me. Yeah. <laughs> um, mate, wasn't the, the first year of NRC was such a fucking strange thing? Because I, I remember everyone was kind of a little bit, I wouldn't say excited, but like, oh, this is something we should probably be a part of. And South had, yeah, I, I was. Yeah. South had a good year. We ended up playing you guys in the grand final. You win like your 10th shoot shield. Surely you could have shared one at that point. We have a huge fucking huge weekend. Monday Monday is day one. I was with the Eagles. DC was coaching and I was just fucked. I was like, just played my, this might be the only shoot shield grand final I ever get to play in. I, I'm not going to training on Monday. That Sorry, DC, that's not happening. He's texting me, Mick Snowden just won a grand final, you know, and he's here. <laughs> so, so I had to turn up and I was fuck, very begrudgingly. I probably didn't give the best first impression. Yeah, just let me finish my thought. Then the first game was at Coogee Oval. So we've yeah. gone from a huge – that's that's right. It was, it was um, New South Wales country versus the Rams. So it was basically Eastwood and South were playing each other again. Like I remember that that period of time, I played Guy Miller four out of five weekends, scrumming against him. I, was, I feel like almost at the end of it, I'm like, "Fuck you again," and we were like friends now. Mm. But we've gone from uh, from the Shoot Shield Grand Final with thousands of people. I can't remember what it was. Bunch of maniacs going everywhere. Maybe ten thousand people. Beautiful day. The next weekend we're at Coogee Oval. There's twenty five people. It's a terrible day. Everyone's hung over from the week before. Mm. And 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 we're going. Oh, so this is so. What what did we just play in compared to to this? Yeah, like this is step up. This is step up. Yeah, it was. I I remember that day well. Um, it was fucking pissing down with rain. Ben Robertson was in our team, so I basically got a spell. Uh, he he played every second game, so I, I had a spell, which was great. Um, it was horrific conditions on the field. Horrific. I remember. I, at Coogee Oval where, you know, I don't think people would go to watch football anyway. But at the best, at, you know, particularly this tournament. Look, it was, a, it was a strange it was a strange tournament. It was certainly something that for a young guy was like, oh, I've got to fucking be in this. 
you know, at sort of tw- early 20s, it was like, I've got to be in this. And it was, I would say, the year we had them or the teams were most star-studded. They, were, they had yeah. the, the teams were definitely the strongest. Um, but sort of after that year, and there was some crazy shit going on that year. We flew to fucking Adelaide and stayed in a caravan park to play Perth. And we were the curtain raiser for a subbies game. We were the curtain raiser for the subbies grand final. So we're fu- like, my team had fucking seven internationals in it, and the Perth team was just a force. So it was. Did you go to very- Fiji that year? Did you go to Fiji that year when no, they, they flew into? Yeah, I know that one. I didn't go. You didn't go that. So apparently they flew into Suva for whatever reason the day before the game, and then caught a bus from Suva to Nandi, which is like the other side of the country. It was like really hot. They didn't have air conditioning. Played the next day, got on the piss, got a bus back to Suva. It was like, well, why couldn't you give them like a few extra days there? <laughs> or go yeah, straight I, to Nandi because you can't actually I, go there. I think um, Tommy Hill went on that one. I remember watching it on a grainy, grainy coverage and just thinking, thank fuck I'm not going <laughs> to Fiji because I playing the drill was already awful. Um, as you <laughs> might, you could die on the field. And so we played them at... Uh, one of the stadiums in the city, TJ Milner, uh, where yeah, it was far better conditions, but fuck that. I don't want to go to Fiji and get absolutely belted by the Fijian dudes. Oh, they're super, super athletic guys. I remember when I was 18, I went on the New South Wales Cockatoos tour to Fiji. Then I, I, again, I shouldn't have been there, but we're playing the Fiji and Drua team, like the first inclination. Inclination? Mm. That's not the right word. The yeah, first sort of uh, evolution. Yeah, yeah, Close yeah. the evolution of it, and there was like props running sixty meters to score tries, and I'm just going, oh, I don't know, I don't know if this is for me, you know, like yeah, it's just fucking it's fucking monsters. Our, oh, um, so. our Aussie schoolboys tour was to Samoa, and we stayed same same sort of thing. Like the Fijian guys and the Samoan guys who are from Samoa, they live on Samoa. They di- they're different to the guys here, you know, like they're, they're not tough. As- they're tough, but they're not as big, like because they don't have as much food. There was no food in Samoa. I ate not. We ate nothing. Yeah. We all just ate spam ham and fucking boiled eggs. But like we went out, there's no one looked like a prop. No one really looked like a second rower. Everyone was just sort of good at stuff. Um, I, I packed the first scrum, got uppercutted straight in my face. Literally, just an absolute uppercut. Not even like a jab, just an absolute bomb. I'm just blinded. Samoan referee. I'm like, mate, my eyes closed now. Would you like to adjudicate? And he's like, no, I'm fine. So that was my sort of experiences in Samoa, um, which I think was I'm a big fan to... of whoever did that. <laughs> no, he fucking... <laughs> no, it was awful. And then um, shout out to rugby league legend Luke Keary, who got knocked out of training over there and spent the rest of the tour as my drinking buddy, even though I was playing yeah. technically. <laughs> And and probably underage as well, even though you look like you're not. <laughs> Mate, have, we ever talk- have we ever talked about the Bar Bars tour to New Zealand? <laughs> every fucking, every we have. fucking time. Yeah, we have. <laughs> that was like uh, six years ago. That was like six years ago this week. Yeah. As I said, that was that, I've had to – I don't know. I paint out like I'm a victim of Australian rugby, but like – when you play in all these tournaments, you're flying in, flying out. You don't stay overnight before games. You do some awful stuff. That was probably the one thing where I'm like, yeah, I've got some points back. They're like oh. they, the, the fact that this is on someone else's dime should be illegal. 
Yeah, mate. It's look, I've been to Perth for a game. I only saw a rugby club, a hotel, and nightclubs. S- similar to a lot of other places. Like, mate, what about the fucking Melbourne Rising? So we're playing, we're playing the Rays, whatever they're fucking called, North Harbour Rays on the Thursday night. So we leave Melbourne 6 a.m. Thursday morning. Yep. I didn't want to pay the extra night's accommodation. Yeah, yeah. Get in the bus. We get go to the hotel. Try and sleep. You can't sleep because you're playing a fucking game that night. Play the game. Finish like ten. You're out of there by eleven because it's a night game. I'm going. You know, some of the guys stayed that night. I went home, but some of the guys stayed that night. Got up at six, flew back to Melbourne. Yeah, it was that. That was that was it. So they'd only pay one night, um, usually. Uh, but when you went to Perth, you used to have to do the red eye. So effectively, you'd fly in, you'd stay the night before mostly, you'd then play at some ungodly hour like five in the afternoon or something weird because it's so hot over there. It's so fucking hot. And then um, you'd go out, go to a nightclub, and then go to the airport and catch the red eye, get back Monday morning at seven. Um, I've got a great we- story about it. <laughs> once you finish, once you finish. No, no I was saying okay. I've done that. I've done that three times and it doesn't get any easier. It, it's, they was awful. And you'd lose because they were fucking good as well. So it sucked. You don't realize how far Perth, uh, Perth is away. I won't name the team, but it wasn't from New South Wales, Queensland or Perth or Canberra. So I won't name the team, but it wasn't from any of those places. So we've gone to play. We've got to play Perth. Oh. I was playing tight head prop, just learning to play tight head prop. Playing against an all super rugby front row. I didn't have a terrible day, but I didn't have a good day. The coach, your good friend, who we were talking about the other week, has yeah. pretty much scrubbed me from the board by then, uh, which is in hindsight a good thing. Gone out that night, had a belt up. 6 30, was supposed to be on the bus the next day. Guys were just getting in 5 36, getting bags, going straight to the bus. I might have been one of those guys. I think I had a couple of hours sleep. We're doing that, you know how they do the count one, two, three, four, all that kind of shit. Yeah. You know, oh fuck, where's this guy? Very well known, very famous rugby player. Um, yeah, that, oh, that's all I'll say. Uh, well, very well oh, known, very yeah. famous. You know, you know him very well. Where's where's this guy? Oh fuck. Uh, call him nothing. Call him no. again, nothing. Call him no. again, nothing. Well, oh, five more minutes, then we have to leave. Gets out of a cab, absolutely cut, absolutely <laughs> cut. Uh, yeah, where? What are we doing, boys? Where are we going? What's happening? Uh, grab your bags, get in the bus. Let's get on the bus, and he's like, "This is a big human being. It's quite, you know, frightening." If you don't know, yeah. him, he's, he's a frightening individual. But he's a nice guy. So we've gone to the. <laughs> he's a he's a good guy, really good guy, like friend of yours as well. Yeah. And we've gone to the, we've gone to the airport. Seven a.m. We're there. I'm going to get a uh, the the instructions when we get off the plane are do not have beers at the airport. As if <laughs> you know, as if you think you need those instructions at seven a.m. in the morning. First thing this human does is go and get a beer at the airport, sitting in front of the coaching, the management, all the people, and and. Everyone's just too scared to say anything because it's this is this is a scary human being. Yeah, we'll deal with it later. It was that kind of thing, and then so he gets on the plane. There was a huge AFL. There was two AFL games in Perth that weekend. 
and all the commentators were on this flight back to Melbourne. Who is sitting right in the middle of them? This enormous, mm. scary human being mm. who, who drank the whole way back. Mm. <laughs> 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 and, um, you know, the, at this franchise, wherever it might be, I already said Melbourne, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're all rolled Mate, over what... from then. They're all rolled over. All the coaches are gone. Everyone's fucking gone. Yeah, but, you know, there was like, this is very unprofessional and uh, uh, crisis meeting. Uh, yeah. Just I mean, looking at it. I'm looking at it as a guy who's not getting paid. I was getting paid 400 bucks for 12 weeks to train yeah. full time with the Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just named and, them. I just named them again, Jen. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? I'll superset that with my first experience out of state. Um, I was playing for well, technically, I played for two teams in in New South Wales, so it could have been either of them. Um, but if you're smart, you will have picked up which one it was. The out. It was also at the time NRC or whoever was running it were like Thursday night would be a really good time to play rugby. Let's play rugby on Thursday night, as you said before. We went to Brisbane um, with a very, very good team. Got flogged by a story. This is a, a great very, story, by the a way. A very young, <laughs> a very young Queensland country. Um, but Greg Holmes was on his way out then, and that was ten years ago. So yeah, the go. that's right. But the very young Queensland country team with some very good footballs in it, um, and we obviously went back to the hotel, and everyone was sort of like, "It's already finished." The game started fucking 7.30. It's 10.30. It's you know, okay, well, I suppose we'll have a beer around the table. You know, don't know, don't know like, cha-ching, 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 camera in your head. Fast forward, we're at a nightclub. Um, for some reason, everyone's smoking inside. Because um, South Boys, that's what they... Oh, uh, shit, can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, fast forward. Yeah. It's probably 4 a.m. Um, the whole team is out. Uh, same thing, bus at 7, uh, 4 a.m. I get home, Penny Ravi, Fiji and Loosehead, um, is drinking kava in his room. That seems like a good idea. I'll get in on that as well. So I started drinking kava, myself and Jared Barry. Um, doesn't matter because we're both – it's fine. Um, got about two, three hours sleep. At least three guys missed the plane. At least three guys missed the plane, which was – to be honest, like we weren't as professional as you, so it's no skin off their back. Um, they just had to fly back by themselves in a flight of shame. Yeah. Um, they flew back by themselves. Um, our, one of our uh, – someone working in the staff, I'll say, passed out from alcohol poisoning at the airport on an escalator. <laughs> um, and then one of the other, one of the other players – vomited on the physio on the bus so i suppose the thing was though like you said by that time we'd sort of figured out that it was a bit of a g up and if you weren't gonna we weren't getting paid no one was getting contracts so they yeah. took it for what it was worth and that was a life experience but well that look, was one once i most, worked it out yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. look, and that's a fairly safe story, the one you just told, because you could tell any number of stories from, you know, that team that you played in that I've heard of that, you know, probably not the best to tell on the I'm number one sports show. I'm not telling that story. I'm not telling that story. I know the one you're referring to, and that's not ever. No, not on the number one sports show on planet Earth. Too many listeners. But 
I worked out. So this is what this is what happened to me at this team that wasn't in Queensland, wasn't in New South Wales, wasn't from Canberra, yeah. wasn't from Perth. Yeah. Come down, there's an opportunity for a contract. Boom. Uh, one of our wonderful friends gets injured first game. I jump from playing loose head to tight head prop. Can you? Oh, sorry. I continue playing loose head prop for the to a half time. At half time, the coach comes up to me and goes, "Do you reckon you could have a go at tight head? Like our other guys getting killed who ended up playing fifty odd Super Rugby games. Yeah, yeah. our other tight heads getting killed. Can you have a go? Yes, I can have a go. Boom. End up playing nearly every game at tight head for the rest of the year. At the end of it, they go, "You're too small to be a tight head." <laughs> That's why we're not signing you. Yeah, I mean. Uh, didn't I just start every game and then they sign the guys who were on the bench and then yeah. they go, you're too small to be a tight head. Well, I'm not a fucking tight head. So I should have said that. Here's the thing. And that was inherently the problem with the NRC team. And I'll, I'll even take you to the bar bars, which you like to bring up so much. I That year, I played every game. I started every game and played about 70 minutes. I was third choice prop from my team to go on that tour both in my position. So, there were, and though both those other guys got contracts. So, it's hard at times to actually know, and I suppose if we're trying to tie it to a point that you can take out, it's hard to know when you're actually getting a fair shake and when someone's actually looking at you. So, what your experience was, and it's hard to know whether there was actually a spot there for you. Like, whether they really uh, sat there. But did they really sit there and go, fuck, like, you know, let's let's really have a look, or were they like, let's get Chubby down, he's gonna fucking do a job, or was it a bit of both? You know, I think it was a bit of both. Like, if if I'm honest, I was 27 at the time, so there probably wasn't a lot left in me. Uh, and and to be really fair to them, I probably wouldn't have signed me. Um, yeah, yeah. Like if I'm being if I'm being brutally honest, I wouldn't have signed me, but I wouldn't have signed the other guys either. No, yeah. I mean that was I think that was why the first year was so good. And it slowly fell away because, like, you know, you had guys who would fucking kill it. They'd rip it up. Um, and then nothing had happened. And all these other guys were already contracted. Um, they they better not- get a move on with some of these guys because there's a lot of people going to Japan, a lot of people going to Europe, and a lot of people going to MLR who are the next level below for Super Rugby guys. Could be Super Rugby guys already. Like, I've heard it's a very good Warringah prop who just signed to go to America. You know? Yeah, well, but they got to sort well, that shit out. If I was, if I, if I was that same age again, if I was sort of 23, 24, I would have gone. I'd go to America. I'd, 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 I'd go. But, and look, you, your expectation going is though that that's where you're staying. I think as long as you're happy to do that and say, and you can say, you can tell yourself, and you can tell your friends, and you can fucking tell girls at the bar you're a professional rugby player, then go to America if you're that age. Um, but yeah, it didn't exist at the time. But now it's it's definitely an option. And for guys who are like very good club football players that for one reason or another don't get a look in, um, just go to the MLR because Americans are fucking awesome. And that's about it. Shout out to my boys in San Diego. San Diego. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> best place on earth. I need to go. I need a holiday soon, dude. I need, I need something. I need something. I've just, I haven't got, I haven't got enough to do at the moment. So I'm just sitting on my hands, swiddling my thumbs a little bit. I need to. Yeah, I'm doing the know. opposite. So I, I, but I know your feeling. 
um, after I quit that last law firm, I was doing something very similar, and it's it fucking sucks. Um, yeah, there's only so much. There's only so much rugby you can watch. Like I like watching rugby, but I'm I'm not the biggest rugby nerd. Like you know, like mm. there's there's the other thing as well. We're talking about you know, let's just fucking go into it. Why not? The coaching course thing on the weekend. I I I, I truly believe that you need to simplify things. The rugby players are fundamentally not scientists. They're not fucking. They're not. They're not complex detail. Some people are. Some people oh, are. But most of, most of them, most of them just want. This is what they are doing. This is what we are doing. This is what we are going to do. Let's just simplify it. Uh, it's overcomplicated a lot of the times, I reckon. And there was, you can just let's just say you can tell the good coaches simplify things, and people who, maybe not good coaches. Try and overcomplicate it. Like I, I think scrummaging is fundamentally simple. It's hard to do. It's yeah. hard to do, but the mechanics of a successful scrum is simple. Mm. You know all this dark arts bullshit and this and that. And, oh, you know it's, you know this the the science and it's all bullshit. It's just okay. props trying well, to overcomplicate it. You were you were at the coaching course, right? Yeah. What's the point of the coaching? course? What's it um, like? What is it? What what's not like? What you're sort of what you extract from it, but like, what is its aim? What's it? What's it there to do? Well, it's, they call it the emerging coaches, I think, emerging development coaches. So they're trying to. My, I don't think it was explicitly said, but my my take on it was is that they're trying to improve the standard of coaching at a level where people will have influence on like development players. So yep. if, if so, shoot shield Colts, uh, high level schools, schoolboy guys, medium people that will have, yeah, medium as well. <laughs> but people, people that will have an influence on the players coming through the development pathway. That was my understanding of it. Look, there was yep. there was a lot of lot of good stuff there. Um, there was there was some coaches who were coaching at a high level, and and to I think peer learning was good. Like I picked up a few good ideas. To be fair. Mm. Um, there was some stuff that I would change for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I, uh, yeah, I mean, know. I think, I think it, at its core, it's a good concept. I'm just, and I don't know whether I'm becoming too obsessed with it, but I just think that individuality is what makes you good. Like all the mm. good coaches who fucking every other coach on the planet reads their book, like they weren't a blueprint. They weren't a blueprint of someone from a course, you know? And so that's where like, um, that's where if the course is elements that are like, this could be good, this could be good, this could be good, make sure. Uh, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was, it was, there was a lot of thinking about things. There was a lot of looking at things. You can't, it, I, I think the best coaches are good because they fucking have the ability to analyze something in their own brain and produce a really efficient or different outcome. So to get 20 together and be like, this is what you should have come up with. I don't, I can't see they how that is correct. They didn't, they didn't do that. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, look, maybe, maybe they will next weekend. There's, we're doing a presentation to some, some coaches. Um, so may, maybe they'll mark us on that, but look, gen, generally the feedback was pretty good, but it, and it, it wasn't like you should have seen this. You should have said that wasn't part of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got to be honest. Was, that, it, that shouldn't. It's a, it's, it's subject. It's a subjective was, game. 
I was a bit cooked by the end of it. Like I'm, I'm not someone that can just sit there listening for fucking 16 hours. Um, you know, I, I'm very interested in stuff, but I just, my little brain just starts going. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure if, if I could have fucking listened to all of it. Yeah, I don't look, even know. I, I, just, I don't I, even know I, what point I'm making, to be honest. No, well, but it's your it's your immediate reaction from the thing, and I suppose my my immediate reaction from sort of and I've really only dipped my toe into this world is like that there's a correct way to do things, or that there's things that have to be included or should be included in order to get to that correct way, which could be all different. And I just I'm just not sold on that yet. I think that the best coaches in the world are all these really different people they're really different and they see things differently and they produce good outcomes so how can i be less of a coach because i didn't do a b or c you know when you're well, not even considering x y z which is where well, i'm at. yeah that's that's well i would agree with you on that I've, i feel like we both had coach well maybe not you well you would have you would have definitely over your life seen coaches that are doing something just because the all blacks do it or because this is what they taught us at a coaching course rather than thinking about it and going, why are we bear crawling? We don't actually do that in a scrum. That doesn't make any sense. So you can, you know, you and can, then going, well, what does yeah. make Like having that thought process, what does make sense? You uh, can see, okay. You can see the, the, the coaching course guys straight away because that, like, you directly take what you get told and you just go, bang, there it is. That's how I, that's how I behave. Whereas, you know, I think, and probably even the point of the course is to take that and go, okay, I'm going to smish that in with my own fucking, with my own thoughts and the way I operate. And let's see if that I can improve. But guys who rely solely on that shit as a basis for how they're going to teach or how they're going to coach are not good coaches. They're fucking bad coaches. You've got to have some sort of backbone and like ability to do things already. Uh, Matt, I'd agree with you. Look, and uh, let me just say that I, I don't feel like I'm a good coach. I, I feel like I'm on the path. Um, like I've only just I've only just started this journey, and and the more I learn about, it, the more I realize I've got so much to learn. So yeah. I, I I don't want it to sound like I'm shitting on anyone. This is just my observations from my start into the world uh, and playing footy for my whole life. But I, I I heard Eddie Jones say once, like he got asked for good advice for young coaches, and he goes, "You should never think you're a good coach. You should always think you're on the path and working towards it." And, and I agree with that. I, I think one day I might be good, but at the moment I've got a lot to learn and that's probably the better way to think about it. No, I, I, look, I agree with that. I think I'm very fallible in my knowledge holistically. I think like there's certainly areas where you can be like, look, I think I've got a good grip on this at the moment, which can only get tighter, the grip, but and there's other areas where you're like, mm, I haven't really dealt with that before. Or I need to get better at that. And I fucking 1000% have those areas. Um, so, yeah, as you said, I mean, as long as your mindset's like that, then these courses and things like that can't be anything but beneficial. But I suppose if my point is if you're just taking that and using that as your blueprint for success, then 100%. there's going to be 30 other guys who did it and you're going to play against them. So how the fuck are you going to be better? 100, 100%. You can't just do what everyone else is. What did uh, Wayne Smith say to me? Doing what everyone, following the herd, is a sure way to fail. Well, that's not what he said. He, he said, following the herd does not cut the mustard, which is a fucking great way of saying that, I reckon. It's, it's true, mate. Like, we, we, I am I'm of the opinion strongly that 
not so much world rugby because I haven't fucking coached it. I haven't been there. I haven't played it. I only watch it. But certainly the comp we coach in is a copycat league. You see something, you take it. You, you see a line out, you take it. Uh, what are we going to do this year? We'll take that from Sydney Uni. We'll take that from... Like, it distinctly lacks original thought. And the, the teams that do manage to produce it every now and again, um, like Norse did when they won, um, like, there was original thought there. There was someone going, okay, we need to fucking change the way the lineouts operate, the launches operate. We're going to defend differently to everyone else. We're going to attack the... Like, that's how you fucking... That's how you get across the line. Not like okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to watch this video that everyone else got. I agree. I agree. Got anything else? I reckon that might be a good place to finish. No, I think that's it, man. uh, I'm still don't have a girlfriend, man. And like that coach has really (laughs) fucked me up. But I really- We've got a lot of women that listen to this show. So if anyone, uh, (laughs) you know, is single, uh, it's at official Jed Gillespie on the Instagrams. (laughs) And yeah, then, and um, I'm, I'm working in a sweatshop. I'm shredding up. I'm doing my best here. So, uh, it, if I was a stock, I'm, I'm penny stock, but I'm fucking going to the moon. Get on. Have you lost much weight since you've been working, man? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Like, it was one of those things. And I fuck. I don't even know if I want this in the podcast, but I'm sure you've been there before. Where like you stop playing and you just start living, and you can't, like I always like lifting weights. So I lift some weights and I box occasionally. Maybe you just start fucking eating whatever you want. It's about three months ago. And then I went and weighed in and I went, holy shit. Yeah. That is so heavy. Like, so much heavier than you can imagine. And I was like, fuck, do I look that heavy? So I've, I've been trying since then. So I'm, I don't know, probably like 10 or 11 down. That's the thing that people don't tell you about and when you stop playing is that yes. your, whole, your whole life you've got this goal to train for or this purpose. And then all of a sudden, you don't have to fucking be strong anymore. You don't have to do fitness. You've, you don't have a, t- a Bronco coming up. So you're going, I, I at least do, and I've got to force myself, go, well, why the fuck am I doing this? You know, yeah, and then I'll, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, let, let's get on the piss on a Thursday night like I did the other day. You know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I always thought, well, like, oh, when I retire, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shred up. I don't need this weight anymore. And for a lot of my time, I was eating a fuckload to keep it on. But then, oh, I don't know, maybe your metabolism changes at like 28 because all of a sudden I looked on the fucking scale and it was like, you are very fucking heavy. So anyway, sweatshops are working me down. I'm about 10 down, but I'm not allowed to eat anything nice anymore. I'm sad all the time, but skinnier. So my new motivation hey, this has is been a hot guy. I'm going to be hot. I'm going to be hot. Are you, who's the uh, Johnny Sins, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be Johnny Sims, bro. I'll go. Mate, yeah. No more comments. This has been a good episode so far, I reckon. You know, you've drunk poison. You got punched in the head by a Samoan kid. Yeah. Um, you got on the pierce during the NRC, which everyone did, let's be honest. You know, well-known rugby player got on the pierce at the airport. Have we thrown anyone under the bus? I, I've got another story I could share, but maybe we'll save this story till next week. I've got to i got to think about how to word it so as not to incriminate anyone. Yeah, I mean, the hardest part of doing this is is telling the stories. It would be great if, like, I could just someone, everyone sent me a group text, text message of everyone I've ever known and just went, I don't care what stories are told because we'd be bigger than fucking Bill Gates. But if you could name names, if you, you could tell the story, names, but you it can't would be name so names. so fucking funny, but I can't, you, I can't do it. I can't I've do seen it. Some te- I've seen some terrible things. 
I've ne- I've seen things that I've ne- that I didn't see again, and that you'd have to Google to fucking find out what it was. And I, but yeah, I'm with you. We can't do it. Can't be done. All right, all right. Let's finish on this next week. Hopefully, we'll have a guest, a uh, very entertaining guest. Hopefully, Pieces. and maybe get some insight into something that's going on in Super Rugby at the moment. So stay tuned. Might even tell this story uh, that I was going to tell, but I think I'll tell it starting next week. So. Mate, I think in the business, Jed, that's called a hook. We've got to keep people on the hook. Yeah, well, the hook's going to catch a big lump of shit. <laughs> haven't heard anything from Sutherland Shire Council for a while. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, no shit, cowards. Oh, oh bro. Man, fuck them. Let's fuck them. Catch you, buddy. Same, man. Peace. Bye.